Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're well and safe wherever you may be. If you've been listening in to recent episodes, you'll have heard a lot of talk about how producers and distributors are dealing with the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. But what about the broadcasters? Plenty of them are already struggling to compete with streamers and changing audience behaviour, but now the global pandemic is prompting many to tear up schedules following the cancellation of major sporting events like the Euros Football Championship and 2020 Tokyo Olympics. With the wider programme supply line also drying up as production grinds to a halt and studio-based formats are forced to drop live audiences, how are the networks responding? But at least for public broadcasters, the demand for news and diversionary entertainment is triggering a significant upswing in viewing. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Stephen Mowbray, Head of International at Swedish Pubcaster SVT, but first, Dermot Horan, Director of Co-Productions and Acquisitions at Ireland's RTE, talking to C21's Gun Accuse. Obviously what we've seen, as I think a lot of other, I've got a report from the EBU uh, that was, I think, mentioned yesterday in C21, our figures for news and current affairs programmes have shot through the roof. And, you know, we're particularly getting the under-35s who never really watch live news uh, and current affairs watching because they are directly affected like everybody else, you know. And then we, we did have, you know, our Taoiseach or our Prime Minister speaking to the nation and, again, getting proportionally similar figures to Ireland in a soccer World Cup, you know, like like Boris Johnson as well, you know, just enormous audiences for those. So I suppose what we have seen is that people have come flocking to the public broadcaster as the trusted news source for news and current affairs. Then I suppose what we have seen is things like production stopping. So we have a four times a week Dublin-based soap, soap opera that we make in-house, like BBC make EastEnders in-house called Fair City. And again, that has taken a break from production in line with the health guidelines. So just like the BBC, we have chosen not to run that four times a week, but to run it twice a week. So there's an immediate effect that we have. And, and obviously, we also have the two Australian soaps, um, which we run in daytime and, and in Access Peak, Home and Away and Neighbours, just like Channel 5. And we're keeping a close eye with what going to be happening you know in australia there as well and on channel five etc so um, and those kind of elements of the schedule which are backbones which are soap operas there and they're they're having an immediate effect on the schedule in terms of other high-end commissioned programming for the spring we're actually in pretty good nick because an awful lot of that programming has already been filmed and was in post-production. Some of the post-production is being done, you know, in, in a very much, um, you know, two metres apart kind of fashion, you know, with an editor, maybe a dubber, not being in the same room and all that kind of stuff. But we are actually managing to get most of that stuff on air. Um, what we've had to do, though, with some of our big entertainment shows, and you've seen this with Anton Deck, is we've removed audiences from them. But there is another show that we've delayed, a Saturday night show, because it is audience-orientated. It doesn't work as a format without. So that'll probably be delayed till the autumn or, or, or whenever this, this crisis finishes. And then I suppose the bigger potential impact is going to be, well, the two things. One is sports, because yeah. RTE have the rights to the European Football Championships, and we also have the rights to the Olympic Games. So those are two whopping sports events that are not going to be on this summer. So just like so many other broadcasters around Europe, we're, we're, we have holes in the schedule to fill then in the summer. And then I suppose the next period that, 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 that where there'll be potential gaps will be the autumn. Now, 
obviously if the crisis goes away studio based entertainment shows etc can can fairly readily fire up again the likes of fair city just like these centers can fire up again those things are you know they can do an awful lot of script writing and storylines etc during the summer they can do that anyway online so y- you can actually get those into production very quickly and they're 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 quick turnaround matter of weeks but I suppose what, where there'll be more problems will be things like, the, you know, the bigger production value, you know, dramas and stuff like that. So I, we do see that there will be, the longer this goes on, the longer the delays on those kinds of shows. And that will leave, you know, some more hole, holes, not just in the summer, but in the autumn. And what are the contingency plans? Are you, with your acquisitions hat on, are you thinking of acquiring more or extending yeah, rights? I, I, I or? Think, well, I think what we're doing is, is some of the stuff that we, we, we have just bought were accelerating into the schedule so you know that that's you know like all broadcasters you have a stock of material and some of it you know might have been going out in july might now go out in may you're going to use more of your movie stock more earlier than usual so yeah we we, we are in conversation with all the uh, distributors about um, where potentially there may be gaps in the schedule um, and also trying to find out from the distributors what shows are actually delivered because you know all the stuff up till last month we were getting from distributors is you know oh, oh yes here's our availability availability list this is available in May this is available in June now we're asking them all but can you give me your up to date list because mm. what was available in June might now be on hiatus and that's obviously with the British distributors but also applies to the Americans I mean I would have been going to the LA screenings we would expect in any given year that a certain number not as many as is in the past but a certain number of new shows from the states might hit air in the autumn i think that's all been delayed because pilot season's been delayed and you know we we first heard the la screenings were being dropped for health and safety reasons for the buyers and travel but that there would be an online screening you know and that every studio would have their online screenings uh, and, and almost it was like business as usual except it was online i just don't think having talked to a lot of distributors uh, honestly that there's going to be much in the way of new pilots because most of them won't be finished so there'll have to be a delay on that as to when the distributors decide to show us that content you know it could could well be the autumn for example so the the autumn you know this is if this thing goes away the autumn is proven to be an incredibly busy period for both production and for selling and for everything getting back on the road you know what about um i mean i know you know lots of markets have been cancelled going down like dominoes really how big uh, a hit was um you know mip tv being cancelled for you well see i do co-productions as well as acquisitions yeah. and actually i mip has never been as busy for me in recent years as mipcom but i've always used mip tv as an opportunity to to work on kind of meeting people who have program ideas you know dramas or comedies that may have irish connections that kind of stuff or promoting some of our ideas and definitely that that that's a wasted opportunity in that regard but then also there are smaller distributors who i see no difference between mip and mipcom these are people from australia you could, could be even uk um Canada and I meet them for half an hour at MIP and I meet them for half an hour at MIPCOM and it could, you know, because I buy across all genres from kids to documentaries, to natural history, to drama, to, to movies and those kind of independent distributors I find that, you know, a half hour meeting at MIP and MIPCOM is really useful and just to have the one meeting at MIPCOM, um, it, you know isn't as ideal. Now obviously you know, we are having quite a lot of online meetings with people and people are sending me their, their spring catalogues online so, you know, a lot of that we're, we're doing in a different way so we're still able to access that stuff so I think the again the stuff that they were bringing to market at MIP TV that's finished 
will still be available, we'll be able to screen online, we will be able to pick up. But the stuff that, you know, they're talking about for being shot in the spring and summer for the autumn, I think they will fall into exactly the same categories everywhere else in the world, that that material will not be delivered in time. And how much, typically, are you acquiring in any given year? Well, the volume is quite high, but typically, I suppose like most public broadcasters, the emphasis on our primary channel, RT1, is for domestic television, is for Irish content. So, you know, there are some, you know, there's some movie slots there, there's some slots for dramas, acquired dramas, but, you know, over 75% of the primetime schedule on, on RT1 is domestically commissioned. Um, uh, but RT2, the, the second channel, uh, has a lot of sport on it, although not this year, um, and that would have a lot more acquired programming. So, uh, and then we have a, um, a junior channel, uh, RT Junior, which aims at the under sevens, and again, we do avail of an, an awful lot of the Irish, which is a fantastic Irish animation sector here. But we do also acquire, you know, the Peppa Pigs, and you know, they're the best of the world. And so, um, you know, we will continue, uh, you know, to, to 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 buy that stuff. But so, you know, it's 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 in the thousands of hours. But um, as I say, the emphasis on prime time will 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 always be on a main channel will be to be as Irish as possible. What strategies will you be deploying when there so, are holes and when there are gaps? So, when there are holes and when there are gaps, um, one of the things that I do out of my department is we have, you know, invested in, and pre-bought a range of Irish movies. So we're going to be using that stock of Irish movies, probably using them more than we usually do. And also Irish movies that we've run in the past, we are going to be, you know, relicensing more runs of those. I've also negotiated in the last week to relicense some of our key dramas and comedies from, you know, years back, because under the terms of trade in Ireland, uh, RTE gets a five-year license on our independently commissioned content. After five years, that license and the ownership lies with the independent producer. So we have to go back to the independent producer to relicense. So the gangster series Love Hate, which was hugely popular, I have relicensed that. We had a fantastic rurally-based drama called The Pure Mule. I've relicensed that. We've we had a great comedy with Simon Delaney called Bachelor's Walk. That's been renewed. So we're we're looking through our back catalogue of what we commissioned, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, up to fifteen years ago. Because it does seem to be an appetite at this crisis time and very stressful time for people for nostalgia. People have even been asking us to put on classic Irish series. And I think that also applies, you know, in terms of um, international acquisitions. So, you know, we are going to be running some more matinees for the more mature audience on the weekend. We recognise it is a stressful time. People want to be informed, but at the same time, as you said, they want to be entertained. So if you can actually run something that harks back to a more innocent era, you know, be that Dr. Shivago or Ben-Hur or whatever, that actually can, can make people feel more secure. So we're definitely looking at those kinds of titles as well. Are there specific areas that you are looking at now that you feel are important to have on your schedule? Yes, I, I would say that one of the areas is drama. I think that we had an adequate supply of international drama to complement our co-produced and, and commissioned Irish drama. And um, I think now we're probably going to find that we're light on that particularly in the autumn, and therefore we will be looking to see what else is out there. So there may be series that, you know, have been recently delivered, or series even that we passed on in the recent past because we didn't have a slot for it. It mightn't have been anything to do with the quality of the series, just mightn't have had a slot for it, but 
now we might. So I think you're going to see more of that. And I've seen that among some of my Scandinavian colleagues as well, that they're doing the same. And I suppose, again, I think somebody made the point, and it's an interesting one, that, you know, an event series that's maybe six or eight parts that is non-returnable can be a useful thing at this time because this crisis could go away. So you don't necessarily want to sign up something that's going to go on for years. So sometimes actually a good serialised event drama that doesn't return is exactly what you need at this time. And what about your player? I mean, you buy rights yeah, for all well. your... That is, that is doing very well, because obviously not everybody can either afford or subscribe to SVOD platforms or Sky, and mm-hmm. therefore, you know, at this time they're maybe working from home or they've been let go and they've no work. They're stuck at home because the government had told them to stay at home. And so we have found that, you know, a lot of the box sets that we have on the RT player, and they, they, they are a mix of not only international box sets, things like, you know, ER and Frasier, but we've also got a whole host of the best of Irish content over the last 20 years. They're all performing very well at the moment. So there is definitely an appetite for that. Is there an upside to this? And do you see any opportunities emerging out of this crisis? There's a potential upside in terms of, as a public broadcaster, that the public begin to understand and appreciate a little bit more what it is to have a local public broadcaster uh, to bring you a free-to-air, free-to-air for radio, free-to-air for television, free-to-air on the web of trusted information. And I think also some of the nostalgic programming that we're running, I think that is also landing very well because, again, people are saying, gosh, yeah, yeah, actually part of my memories, part of my childhood, part of my early adulthood revolved around watching RTE. So I think um, you're, you're beginning to see some appreciation for the service. I think maybe another upside might be for the player team that there are people who maybe didn't watch our box sets on the player and now realise they're there. So you don't necessarily have to subscribe to an SVOD. You can, of course, but you know if you want a volume of very good content, it's available free through the RC player. So they're the upsides, but and, and you know, but obviously very significant downsides in terms of the shock and the social upheaval and the passing away of people. You know, what yeah. long-term effects do you envisage coming out of this for the industry? In a way, this this exposes both the supply chain weaknesses and/or pressure points, as well as lots of people taking lots of things for granted. Do you think this this is a bit of a wake-up call for perhaps how things might change? I'm actually not so sure. Mm. I, I actually think once programming gets back to normal, I think that people will still appreciate, in, in the free-to-air live television world, people will still appreciate those big live entertainment shows like The Late Late Show, like Anton Deck. And I think maybe they'll appreciate them even more because we're seeing families coming together to watch stuff at this time. And maybe we'll get a little bit more of that. We get those shows which the whole family will sit around the telly and watch together. And I think maybe there, you know, people might realise actually we may need to have a little bit more of that in our schedule because coming through the crisis, people realise, well, family is terribly important and sharing things is terribly important because we don't know how long we'll be sharing with these people. I think in terms of dramas, I, I think since time immemorial, anybody who told a good story, people will watch or listen to us. So I, I think that if people continue to make good stories and I think people will, will want to see them. I think there may be a bit more appetite for local stories, though. That's the only thing I would say. The other thing is, well, I, think, I think you might find there's a bit more of an appetite for good old-fashioned family comedy. How is this affecting RT's funding? We are dual-funded. We have a licence fee, which, which you know, is the licence fee. It isn't 
source of funding that, that's beginning to shut down, when will that impact on your ability to fund future programmes? Well, I mean, that's all being worked through as, as we speak. It's yeah. probably too early to say because it depends how long this lasts. The government here, just like the government in the UK, have, have a scheme to try and keep people in employment uh, and fund you know, a good percentage of their salaries to keep them in employment on the grounds that if you stay as a team, even if you're not busy, you know, when when the recovery happens, you're in a much better place to to start up again. So it all depends. The Irish economy, the, the fundamentals prior to this were very good. Broadcasting had its own particular challenges at this time, but actually the Irish economy as a whole was motoring along very well with basically full employment. So, you know, we, we are going to see a significant downturn. There will be some savings, just like ITV had savings, because there will, will be no Euros and Olympics to cover. But of course, that's Dermot Horan, Director of Co-Productions and Acquisitions at Irish Pubcaster RTE. His counterpart at SVT in Sweden is Stephen Mowbray, and he spoke with Carolina Kaminska. The big question is how much um, production is going to be lost. So, so some, certain productions are going ahead without audiences, for example, and others are, are being cancelled or postponed. Short term, I don't think it's such a problem because either things were recorded or, or um, already scheduled. Uh, but, but I think it's longer term that, that there's this big question mark. And I, and I suppose that that's what all of us are dealing with, this kind of uncertainty, which is um, it's quite frustrating. Yeah. What we have been doing is, is broadcasting entertainment shows without an audience. And it's a bit dead, but I mean, it works. But but I think it, it is it will be series which are being filmed on location and then of course big sporting events. So we, we found out that about the European football which we were co-hosting and that leaves a huge kind of gap in June. And then it was the Eurovision Song Contest which is three prime time evenings in the same week for us in in, in May. So because because we, we broadcast the semi finals live as well. So that would have been that, that that's six hours prime time in one week that disappears. It's those kind of decisions, and I guess they're coming almost daily, that, that major uh, events being cancelled. And do you think that you'll be looking to acquire any any different types of shows now, something something different to what you would normally look for, given that, um, you know, so many shows have been, you know, that were in production have now been put on hold? I, I have a feeling that many of the slots that we will be asked to fill are more prime time. And traditionally, acquisition has played a more supporting role for prime time. So I think it will have to be shows that, that stand up at eight and nine o'clock in the evening. Yeah, I mean, we sell some of our slots are prime, but often they're on the edge of prime. They're, they're more quarter to ten in the evening, ten o'clock. But if you, if you wanted to build a big audience at nine o'clock in the evening, you need powerful shows. And what about finished shows that have already been released? I think there might be titles that we have previously been, that that we haven't had slots for, so we've had to pass, or that we have chosen something else over. So it depends. If if my programme director 
asks me to increase acquisitions by 20%, then there, there will be certain titles that we've looked at fairly recently and had to, to turn down that we might reconsider. Or, or we might buy a rerun of, of programming that we have in, in stock, uh, and which has already been subtitled. So that, that, there's, lot, there's actually quite a lot of things we can do that could solve some of the problems, I think. So are you worried about it in the long term or...? Do you think it's you know something that you're going to get around? I, I think in my position we are, you know, it's, it's it's better to be acquisitions at the moment than production because we we are flexible and we'll be able to to increase acquisitions if we have to. I think the problem will be if you work in production, you can't get your shows made because of restrictions. So at least we can, you know, it could be a golden age for for acquisition. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> And how do you think the viewer will react to that? Well, I, th- I think what might happen with viewers is that they're going to go two ways. They want news, to, they want to be updated, and they want to be entertained. There's so much bad news out there that I think they will want escapism. Maybe slightly lighter shows, less murder and more relationship. I, c- I can imagine, I don't know. But I, I would think things that um, we're, we're going to be definitely publishing more things in box form on the on the, the player meaning that people can see a series during a week rather than you know if, they, if they're at home if they're not working we can work quite a lot from home but there's a lot of people if you work in a, in a restaurant you know you get sent home and you've got nothing to do so uh, if we can uh, if we can put box sets and things on the player then I think there will be there's definitely a need from the from the public who are at home but can't work plus older people of course who can't go out so so if their social life is curtailed then I, I think there, there's um, there's no problem about about showing classic series on, on the player for them to, to to enjoy things don't have to be brand new they can be they can be much loved older series and so then also for as long as you're able to do it you can you know have shows entertainment shows like you said where there's just no audience i mm. think you can do it but it's not tv4 had the final of sweden's got talent on friday with no audience and and this week they in the same slot they're launching strictly and i think I'm not sure you can do it, but it, it lacks some of that, um, some some essence when you see it on air. So I think obviously you can do anything, but but I mean it, the, the the audience are there for a reason. We we've got a talk show that that ran without an audience last week, uh, and it's difficult for the for the host to judge if it was funny or if it was you know if, yeah. if there's applause and no laughter. But we we'll we we'll, we'll probably. Have, develop as well maybe maybe we'll have laugh tracks again <laughs> but i think it, it's other shows which um like reality shows that may, uh, for example that, that would have been filmed which uh, which are cancelled now and and there maybe they were due to broadcast in the autumn there'll be things like that that um that, that we i don't think we've quite got a handle on it yet how many hours we're talking about mm-hmm. and how long the, the you know the, this lockdown how long is it going to last for i think public service will probably do pretty good from from all of this because we we people are turning to news and then i think on demand we've got a we've got a, a strong player so the combination of good news and entertainment i, I think is what people will, will will be looking for what do you think the financial implications could be e- enormous vast crazy i mean look i mean it depends if if advertisers start pooling funding for for commercial TV. I think that they will find a, a squeeze. I think it probably will be quite good for people like Netflix 
because it's, it's a relatively cheap service with a, with a lot of content. SFOD will do well from it. Public service will do well. Commercial will will will, will have a have a trouble. I would I guess, and then the the production community will will if they can't produce, then it will it will be pressure on them as well. So I I think that the the ramifications will be enormous. Or, or if if it's a long period we're talking. And, and then yeah, hopefully that once it gets better, then we can get back to normal. But it might be that some people will lose their jobs for a much longer period. So what do you so so with things like um, MIP TV, for example, we've had industry event after industry event be cancelled. What sort of impact is that going to have for you? Already, I've been talking to a lot of distributors via Zoom or, or Skype. Um, so I, I think we can. I mean, it, it's been damage management just now because we're thinking, okay, we need to buy something quickly. What, what's available? But I think if we're talking longer, um, I, I don't know how the, how long this this period will last. But if it, if we're talking about scheduling the whole of the autumn, then it then it gets a bit more complicated because I mean, just just uh, shoring up uh, certain slots in a month or two, we can do. But if it's if it involves planning the whole autumn schedule, it's it's a much much uh, bigger deal. But I mean, we 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 will learn. We'll get, we'll get better at working at distance and working with Skype and reading decks digitally. It's not the same content, but I think we will all learn from it. Stephen Mowbray from SVT speaking with Carolina Kaminska. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast next week, but in the meantime, you can stay tuned to our new internet radio station, c21fmradio.com, for more interviews, news and music. Until next time, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 